0: Hi! Welcome to episode 127 of the Avluck Podcast. I am your host, Simon Head. The mic sounds a little different because I left it in Mississauga, and I made this little makeshift recording system here so I can get this episode out. I'm presently recording a band way out in the the Mississauga regions, and uh, it's going really well, but like I said, all my stuff's spread all over southern Ontario, so uh, anyways... This episode, before we get started, I want to let you know that I am doing a ride to conquer cancer. I have to ride 200 kilometers in June in two days. You can go if you want to pledge and help me help me reach my twenty five hundred dollar goal. Go to Apalach.ca and click on the ride to conquer cancer banner on the very top right side. It's going for uh, a very good cause, and uh, I'll probably need uh, some sort of butt therapy at the end of all this riding. Uh, like I said, go there. Please, please help me out. Help me reach my goal. And I'm also a part of a team, and uh, I'll be helping the team out as well. This podcast is brought to you in part by Audible. You get a free audiobook download and a 30 day free trial by going to audibletrialcom apolog. There's over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle player, MP3 player. So go to slash apolog and get your free audiobook and your 30 day free trial. Do that. I want to let you know about my Amazon affiliate program. So every time you shop on Amazon, you could possibly be helping out this podcast. And it is easy. If you're from Canada, go to Appalogue.ca slash Amazon, and you'll get redirected right to Amazon. You'll be supporting my show, and it'll be costing you no extra money, and it's a very cool thing to do to help my show out. It takes little or no time, and I I know a lot of people shop on Amazon. It's not just a rainforest that's getting cut down by uh, people down in South America, by the way. If you're from the United States, you can just go to applog.ca and click on those links on the right side. Also, if you're in the UK, do the same thing. Bookmark those linked banners, and every time you shop on Amazon, use those links to shop and support the show. It's a good thing. If you're interested in pledging the show on a monthly basis, you can go to patreon.com slash pledge as much or as little as you want on a monthly basis to help with my hosting and gas fees cancel at any time here's something if you want to get something for i'm just started this new little store it's called it does 3d printing i just bought a brand new 3d printer by the way and it it is fantastic and i've opened a shop so you can go to it's just a pilot shop right now because i don't really want to spend money on a shop if it's not people aren't going to buy anything but if you want to check it out go to insightrecorders.com slash 3d prints that's number three letter d prints p-r-i-n-t-s check out the store i got stuff there i got these things called lithophanes and lithophanes are uh they've been around since the age of time and what it is is the thickness if you look at this lithophane without with with light on the top of it it looks like a glob of plastic but when you put it up to the light shine light through it it's actually a picture so if you want to send a picture you can have a 3d printed hangs on your window it looks kind of neat it's very cool Uh, also insert recorders isn't just a 3d printing shop but it's also an online mixing spot Uh, send your recorded album to insert recorders and it will be mixed and mastered to add a professional touch to your recording there's tons of other stores stuff there you can open up a web store um, just go to insight recorders, check out the rates, uh, check out and hit contact and you and you can, uh, contact me there. Uh, Apelog.ca slash shop is a place to, um, buy a t-shirt. Uh, you can buy the Foursquare discography there, my band Foursquare for $20, Hey, if you're on iTunes, don't forget to rate and review the show, subscribe, tell your friends, give it some stars, follow the show on Facebook at facebook.com slash and follow me on Twitter at SimonHead666. And that's all the spots. Today on the show, I have Rob Lanny. Rob Lanny, he's the founder, co-founder of Coalition Music. And if you're from Canada, you'd know that Coalition Music, and if you're anywhere close to what the music industry is, you'll know that Coalition Music is one of the largest management and best management companies you can get behind or get behind you. And Rob Lanny is the co-founder of that. And um, we had a nice conversation. I actually didn't really meet him. And embarrassingly enough, uh, he sent me an email saying, hey, come this day. And I went the day that we i had said before so i just showed up and uh he was nice enough to uh let me in the doors we uh we did it one-on-one in person which is i think is much better much more fun but everybody please have fun listening to this episode it's rob Lanny from coalition music on the apple podcast Thanks for taking time. <laughs> no problem, <laughs> Rob. We actually just met like what a couple of months ago through Liam, and yep. though I guess I've known about your career and what you've been doing for many more years because you know you've been managing around and, for a while, yep. yeah, <laughs> a long <laughs> it's time. A
1: polite way of saying old, but well, you know,
0: <laughs> there's there's a good thing about being graceful in age is that you have so much to to show for what you've put into it. that's a rare thing, you know, for, for, for people in business
1: and in music, you know, we help artists and it goes back. There's actual, the reason, the reason I got in the business was because my brother was in a band and needed help. Mm -hmm. And that's where it started. The whole idea of, you know what, the artist needs help. Mm -hmm. And that the way the philosophy of our company is, uh, Based on that, that every artist needs help. Every artist has n- different needs, but do do whatever we can to help them mm-hmm. with their needs coming first. Now it's it's one thing to say it and another thing to do it. But again, because it was my brother's band, it his needs did come first. Yeah, it was never, hey, I can make money by doing this. No, let me help him, and then then I can make some money. You know, that it's was the right. plan. Yeah. And that's always sort of how we governed ourselves. And so I'm going back to uh, the mid-80s when I got in the business. Um, and it started off more of as a, I was a fan of music and I loved hanging around musicians and bands, but I never wanted to be the guy on stage.
0: Mm-hmm. Really interesting. Yeah, I was just never... Because your, your brother Arnold...
1: Just, yeah, yeah, he's a great yeah. songwriter, producer. Yeah. But it was something that I didn't feel... Uh, Maybe it was a lack of confidence. I don't know what it was, mm-hmm. but I didn't never wanted to pursue it. I preferred being the organizer, the guy behind, backstage, behind the scenes, doing a lot of the organizing. That mm-hmm. to me has always been uh, something I like doing. I still like doing that. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so back in the mid '80s, he was in a band and needed a a manager, and that's how it, that's the really the quick story. Yeah. But I started doing it, and then um, in no time at all, I need. We this band needed to go on the road, and that was a, a band called Frozen Ghost, which yeah. was uh, signed to Warner Canada. Mm-hmm. And um, within a few months of putting out the first record, we had to go tour. And uh, the first tour that sort of popped up was uh, a forty-date U.S. tour, opening for Howard Jones. If you remember that? Oh <laughs> that yeah. Was... Excuse me. And um, so it was all arenas and, and amphitheaters and we needed a tour manager so we're scrambling and basically the same model hey let me get my best friend eric who i've known for a long time he's a good character mm-hmm. and that's how we we basically recruited eric to be the tour manager i was the manager and together we worked with this one band and it didn't take long before we realized that you know we we'd make a good partnership so um Within a few years, he Eric came off the road, and we said, let's just start a management company." So it was around early '90s that we yeah. dedicated ourselves to like managing
0: acts. A huge shift in the music industry too. Well, in yeah, 90s then too, right?
1: So I remember at one point in the late '80s and early '90s, making a conscious effort to really pay attention to a lot of this new music that was coming out, primarily Seattle, but uh, yeah. Nirvana and but just the you know all the other bands that were out there Faith No More Jane's Addiction yeah like all these cool rock bands Chili Peppers the new wave yeah it was yeah. a newer wave because up to that point it was the 80s those hair bands as we like to call them mm-hmm. um, that they were there was a certain way of doing things and certain marketing and uh, the these other bands, it was more about what the message was and what they were represented and who they were. It was a culture. It was a really different approach. And um, so we, as a management company, we had to b- become more aware of what was going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, and at the time, uh, so getting into the early 90s, uh, the first band that came along that was different from what we were used to was Our Lady Peace. Mm -hmm. And this is before they were called Our Lady Peace. But, uh, you know, they were young, 19 teenage kids, but um, really passionate about their music and their approach, their lyrics, everything about it was like, okay, this is different. This is like the new stuff. Mm -hmm. There was no name for it. They weren't a grunge band, but... No, no, it was intelligent. just modern. It was just more modern rock. Yeah. And... um, so within a short period of time, uh, they started writing some really decent songs, and this is where I guess we we had if we ever had any kind of template where we put a young band with a seasoned songwriter because by this point my brother he'd pretty much uh, had enough of touring and really production and songwriting was where he was meant to end up, mm-hmm. and uh, so those those two people you know the band and my brother started working together on or uh, some demos and uh, within a short period of time we had something that sounded really cool and that was our job as management okay now we're going to go find the right home yeah yeah and, yeah. and <clears throat>
0: with the weight and 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 history of your brother arnold it sort of helped maybe well, propel it or did it or did it So there's it? a
1: bit of a different our approach was a little bit different because mm-hmm. at the time and if you recall, I don't know how old you are, but you're not gonna be forty-seven no, this yeah. year. <laughs> so that new, the newer modern rock, and the older '80s hair bands, there was a big difference in um, attitudes that some yeah. of the public and the industry had. So we made a conscious effort at the time we were shopping those demos that we didn't mention that Arnold was the guy in an 80s rock band. He was the guy behind a huge uh, number one single that uh, his previous band called Sheriff Yeah, had a hit because it would taint the way people's- Yeah, it would do. Yeah. Because
0: everybody's 20 years younger at yeah. this point in the industry, you know, like there was a huge shift.
1: Well, oh you know, yeah, I remember. And, and we didn't want to sort of, we wanted the music to live on its own yeah. or die on its own. Yeah. So we purposely didn't mention who it was. So when we played it for the labels, and in those days, there was all the major labels were out, so it was still a healthy music industry. So we played it for the labels, and um, no one really cared. It was like, "Wow, this sounds great." You know, Who's the band? And they didn't really get into the production and uh, all that sort of thing. And um, then when we finally revealed it to these A and R people, they're surprised. Oh, wow! I didn't know. I thought he was like stuck in the '80s. He, didn't, mm-hmm. what does he know about this modern stuff? Yeah. And this is how. Uh, we knew that would happen so yeah it was a um, reinvention of yeah. sorts at that yeah point even too. for him for Arnold it was a yeah an opportunity for him to stretch out a bit yeah. and show his production and his yeah. songwriting and so with um, and, and the band and him had a really close relationship they're really connected and um, so we played it for all the labels but the one in particular that was really really into it was uh, Sony at the time mm-hmm. uh, and Sony Music Canada had a new president named Rick Camilleri who uh, up to that point
0: who was before that was it Denise Donnellan was before nope. or after after okay, so before
1: yeah. uh, Rick was um, Bernie DiMatteo yeah so this was uh, again a shift in the company too yeah uh, they just signed the really only domestic artist that was of any major consequence was, uh, Celine Dion. Yeah. So Rick, I remember distinctly him saying, I want to be known as a label other than Celine Dion's (laughs) label. She's a great artist, but I want to break a rock band. Yeah. And the timing was right. And at the time, EMI had signed I Mother Earth and Moist. They had the tea party. They were the leading label. Um, and when Sony saw 80 pieces they said, "Okay, now we're in the game. We have one of one of those bands." Yeah, yeah, and, the,
0: and it's a yeah. That's the funny—the race to get exactly. That. In
1: those yeah. days, they all competed with each other. Yeah. yeah. So uh, you know, the Sony system—they would have their bands, and then you look at the EMI roster. Oh yeah, there's those types of bands, and then yeah, uh,
0: yeah, yeah, because then you know even warner yeah you look Uh at even like a label like roadrunner they i thought they were just a metal label that did all metal bands but it turns out they did all sorts of other stuff oh yeah all kinds you know what i mean like all kinds but you know i thought oh that was just the metal label but yeah then they reinvented themselves like it's a constant you know like how do you see the industry going like because it does always kind of turn back on itself and Kind of eat itself and then slowly <laughs> grow again. And Well,
1: there's always a, it's always evolving and changing yeah. and there's always trends. They're reacting to the trends, but I guess lately they're uh, sort of reacting to economic trends too. Mm-hmm. Whereas 20, 30 years ago, yeah, there was no it world. didn't matter. Yeah. It's like didn't, free money for everybody. Yeah. It just was <laughs> labels did what they did. Yeah. We're going to sign things that we we like, we can develop we can take three or four albums to get that point, point yeah. where they break. Uh, now, it's a different game.
0: What can you do? I mean, I had so. Cameron Carpenter, Cam Carpenter, who was a mm-hmm. from B&G and all sorts of MCA. Yeah, MC- yeah.
1: yeah, he was. But yeah. he,
0: he told me like, because I always thought, you know, the modern day is great because it cream rises to the top and the good are listened to and you have a good platform called YouTube. And he kind of turned me around a little bit and said, you know what, back then, There was a whole bunch of people working for your band that were all good at separate things and would always push in different directions. And if you had a good team, you had a good record. And it really, you know, if the record was good and the team was good, you had success. It was your printing money. Yeah. And now it's so weird and topsy-turvy that, you know, Justin Bieber rose from YouTube. But then you get all that other garbage and noise. I don't want to say garbage, but noise. Just where people are just... I got this and I'm funny, you know? Or yeah, now there's like,
1: there's now it's there's so much noise. How do you filter out what's good? There's a lot of great talent mm. but it's not getting heard because there's other things going on.
0: Yeah. You know. Yeah, so it's kind of like it's it's not really I mean, it's good to go out and sort of look around. Like I got really into watching vlogs from people, but then I started looking at the ones that only had like 200 views. Cause they were just like, it was like watching minor league baseball. It's like, not that good, but right. kind of funny in the wrong, <laughs> for the wrong reasons. So I always enjoyed watching things that aren't really put together well, Right. because I thought, oh, now I know what good is. Cause you know, it was like, oh, when I see other people doing things that is that good, I don't know. So it's, I guess the way of trying to keep correct, right. you know?
1: Well, that's like with anything mm. to appreciate something that's really good. You have to see it, see other things that aren't as good. Yeah. Then you've got your range. Okay, now I get it.
0: Yeah, yeah. So that bar is always sort of, you know, up to a level that you think, well, it can't get much better or can it? And then so I'm looking at music and I'm looking at people writing, you know, playing music on YouTube. It must be so terribly difficult to try and find Is there still a network of people feeding you information or feeding you songs and saying, check this out? And at the end of it, is it come down to you and your team to make that decision? Or is there like a, like, how do you, how do you we uh, through it
1: all? Yeah. It's a combination of, yeah. Sometimes it's out, people outside our inner circle that are, Hey, did you check this out? Or a lawyer or industry folks or, and sometimes within, mm-hmm. um, and you get a lot of that, a lot of, Hey, check out this artist. And, and a lot of times you, um, you, you take those recommendations. It depends on who it is. So yeah. there's influencers, like with anything. Yeah. Absolutely. There's the gatekeepers, there's the influencers, people you take uh, their opinions and you they weigh heavily. It's like, okay, this is serious. I gotta go check this out.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's sort of what A&R used to be kind of back in the olden days. Is like Well,
1: AR uh yeah, twenty, thirty years ago, the AR people were tapped in they knew what was going on because there was no internet yeah so in your local city you knew what was going on in the clubs yeah you're talking to agents managers uh in other cities you either had a friend or scouts or something so yeah you know just you know, limiting it to canada it was really mostly toronto mm-hmm. vancouver montreal those are the three yeah. major yeah, markets right. and occasionally A band would get signed out of Halifax or Calgary. They'd come from, but they'd always end up doing a showcase in Toronto.
0: Yeah. And the word of mouth was way stronger back then. Like I was just thinking about, I just watched part of the Tom Petty documentary. It's Mm -hmm. four hours long. Yeah. So I'm watching it and he just got in a car and drove to LA and just knocked on people's doors and said, can I have a record deal? And I think the second or third one said, okay. And then he found like there was a bidding war by it all, you know? Could at that, times. that happen tomorrow, today? No,
1: no, no, no. Again, because time. of the, the patience, they, in those days, labels, they were okay with waiting three, four yeah. albums yeah. to develop and have the artists grow. Now, uh, in speaking mainly with about major labels, they're, they don't have that, the luxury of the time. Yeah. They There's need money to. money short. Yeah, yeah. It's like, okay, let's, this sounds like a hit. Mm-hmm and they're not all like that but pretty much yeah they need to see quicker return than yeah. well, than the industry they used is to
0: streamline now it's it's more streamlined to be able to get it through exactly. you know like That's base, thing. you know cuz you have there's no longer you know the internet has sped it up to the fact that good and bad the good part is is that it can get to you faster hey i like your band can you send me songs in up pop five songs in your dropbox but ne- it can also mean the exact opposite, saying, "Okay, everybody's feeding you stuff, and uh, how am I to feed through?" And at least if there's a stack of CDs on your desk twenty years ago, you can look at it and go, chuck, 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 look through it and go, "Uh, I like the one that that one looks yeah. good to me." You know, I'm gonna take a, you know,
1: yeah. and Nowadays, you know, you'll get the email. Here's our here's a link to all our socials, and you're yeah. judged on the footprint you yeah. have out there, and are not they only real on the music, yes. Yeah.
0: Because that's the other one now. Cause people yeah, make you're an not industry judged out of,
1: only on the music. Right? Yeah.
0: Like I remember the day YouTube decided to say, okay, you can't fake your hits anymore. And then people who had 20 million hits went down to 20,000. Yeah. And because you could put bots in there. And, and I'm, people were telling me these stories like, yeah, we managed to get 10,000 plays today because there's a bot playing. And I'm like, that's, that sounds kind of disgusting yeah. to me.
1: <laughs> So the only area of the business that you can't fake are live concert reviews. Yeah people go to a show and they love it yeah you can't really fake that yeah and uh that's another difference between now and the old days is instant uh reviews like on the spot in real time this band is awesome you know that kind of thing yeah uh and you can tell if uh one you know one person says it's great and everybody else says it's crap Well, okay then There's a problem, but generally they're all at the same show. They're they're digging it or whatever. What's your Um, because
0: there's a split between talent versus character, and there's there's some people that are very talented but their character might need some work, and there's people that are very cool but maybe they need songs. Where do you lie there? Like when you're like when you shake a band's hand for the first time, is that important or it must be right because you got a feeling from these people.
1: Yeah, at the end of the day. Well, it is a combination, mm-hmm. obviously. You can't have a career without songs. Yeah. And it's difficult to have a career. You can, but it's very difficult to have a career and build a team if you are an individual that no one wants to be around. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. That's true in life anyway. You yeah. know, even if you worked at the car parts factory. Exactly. Like get Bob over there. Yeah. He's get him over there. Yeah. We don't want him working with us anymore. You, yeah.
1: If you have a team around you, yeah, they want to work with you. Yeah. No one wants to support someone they hate or yeah. hate being around.
0: I and mean, that'll be a slow, you know, dissension. But if, but then the thing is, sometimes it works. Well, you can. And there then are, you have to make sacrifices. There are
1: occasions where, you know what, so-and-so is not, is an asshole. Yeah. But look how much money we're making. Yeah. Let's keep it. It's them. true. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Yeah, you can't, gener- you
0: can't really fall back yeah. on your morals at that point because, or your you're feeling and all that stuff because if the person's gold, then the person's usually, gold. Usually
1: people will get to a point where you know what i don't care how much money this is it's not worth
0: it yeah it's true it's true the,
1: you know there will be a point
0: there will be a break
1: money point. sometimes smooths over a lot of things
0: yeah yeah you that's know? true but it also you know <laughs> that this people assume see, seeing people up on the way down and all that oh, stuff yeah. and you know listen i've i've been in many ebbs and flows in, in meeting people and um my whole thing is if i meet the band i like them kind of like their music and that's maybe not a good yeah. thing to make out of a you know if maybe that's not good management material because i like them <laughs> you know what i mean like, i like those people so it's like i'm willing to uh you know right give their music a pass
1: yeah because you are predisposed to liking them and the music is an extension of who they are yeah like
0: the, and also the right. big fear is meeting someone who's your musical idol and, and they turn into the biggest dickhead ever yeah that's the fear because i'm like all those records i bought
1: yeah <laughs> I know it's a tough one, <laughs> yeah. but so when we're looking at it, whether it's an artist that we're meeting for the first time, it's a like marriage. In my opinion, you date first yeah. you you spend some time together and see if if you think this is gonna work. You know what? Are we cut from the same cloth? Do we have the yeah. same goals? Mm-hmm. Like a marriage, and eventually, yeah, this. I think this is going to work. Let's do this. Let's yeah. commit to each other. Yeah. And that's what an artist and a man, a artist manager relationship is as a commitment. Yeah. But, and we don't go into, into it really quickly. Typically it's it takes months, yeah. uh, several meetings, casual meetings, some more strategic business meetings. Hey, this is what we think you're all about. Mm-hmm. Um, we've analyzed your, your business up to this point. So it can be very, uh, black and white this is what the business says and then there's you know we've loved your music we love you we've talked to people you work with we want to do and it's and it's vice versa we want the artist to ask not only us questions about how we do business but talk to other people talk to the industry yeah what do they have to say about us yeah because it's a small uh world but it's a big business
0: yeah. In Canada yeah. as a small country, relatively yeah. speaking. And you know you
1: end up knowing a lot of people. Yeah. But you can do business and make a living at it around the world, but you gotta be like anything, be good to people, mm-hmm. uh honest, have some integrity. Yeah. And eventually good things will happen. And uh yeah, we're all competing for the same dollars, like you know, and speaking with about the management sector, but still we have respect for other managers and and their artists right. but the ones that we don't like being with you know we don't want to hang around with you yeah 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 it's <laughs> really it's yeah life's well, too short for that
0: absolutely so, I know. i like what you said about other managers because you're all competing yet there's a almost like a tacit agreement to say listen we all got a kind of like a cold yeah. war you're like we've all got to function here and if we blow this industry up
1: yeah there's a healthy respect and competition yeah uh but I think even the competition is less than ever before mm-hmm. uh in the eighties, it was a bit more you did everything you could to surpass that other yeah act now there's a lot more collaboration mm-hmm. um transparency um respect in my yeah. opinion, anyway, you know speaking of as a manager mm-hmm. um I look at. You know whether whoever it is, not as a competitor but as a colleague, oh, you managed that band, cool, yeah, yeah. I like them are
0: yeah, and you, you know, went you started your management company in sort of the mid eighties and then and really kicked it in the in the early nineties
1: yeah, nineties it was not until so in terms of a timeline yeah mid eighties eighty seven to be precise, when the first album I ever worked, yeah yeah, managed
0: yeah, and you went from a team of two uh yeah to a team well now we
1: have like eight or nine people yeah you know
0: but from between 90 and say 99 because 99 is another pivotal moment in record industries where people stopped well i guess 2000 2001 people stopped (laughs) people ran out of money yeah you know like there's that crash well the industry
1: yeah so i was around for the pre-cd yeah so the first album i ever was involved in only came out in vinyl and cassette yeah and then uh, a short... But the CD was had been invented, but was never...
0: Classical music.
1: And- it was never, yeah. yeah, something that we would uh, put an album in that configuration. And then, by 88, 89, it was part of the one of the three formats. Okay, it's vinyl, yeah. CD, and cassette. And then shortly thereafter, the cassette was gone. sort of gone. Yeah. Vinyl went away, then it became the CD throughout the 90s. And then, uh, and now we're looking at a lot of just digital only releases Yeah. yeah, and physical, whether it's vinyl or CD is only really as a merch item. We sell out at the merch tables, novelty items, VIP, their autograph. There's something that, they're collectibles. Yeah, yeah. But uh, it's more about, you know, touring, uh, the revenue streams. Anyway, touring has become a big, big part of it, you know?
0: yeah. Yeah, you know, I was thinking about the 90s when you said it was pretty much CDs. How it would have been a good time because there wasn't any other, like, okay, now we got to put this out on this and then we am going to put it on that and let's just do this. And it seemed like if you wanted to put it on vinyl back then, it wasn't that cool. Like, I remember seeing a, yes. a vinyl press for sale in Winnipeg, like the whole thing from KTEL. Like, do you want to buy it? Yeah. Like, what I forget was like four grand. Oh, yeah. There something. was a
1: time where you could, no one cared about vinyl. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Like I CD. Remember, Cassettes hung on a little bit, but they, it, I think they were trying to bring the dat in, the right. dat machine. It was like the dat machine didn't really take yeah. off for some reason. It seemed like and then minidisc was all minidiscs. like in Europe and stuff like that. Yeah. People love minidisc in Europe. I think they released records and minidiscs back, you know in the mm-hmm. '90s. But when, when you know, the day of Napster and the day of downloading and the, it's almost like the big crash.
1: You yeah, know, I remember the, the MP3 and people talking about it. And I really wasn't sure, okay, what are they talking about? And then then it, it sunk in. Holy cow. Okay, yeah. I get it.
0: Yeah.
1: Right. So you can just download all this stuff. Yeah, it's free. Yeah. <laughs> Napster. <laughs> uh, people hate a lot of too. Because yeah. Lars was
0: like, them, come on, guys, buy our records. Yeah. yeah. Even though they were all these yeah. bootlegging at so, the
1: So, you know, again through the 80s and 90s it was great then the late 90s early 2000s when yeah people weren't buying anymore that's when the majors had to cut you know jobs Mm. reduce their overhead rethink
0: everything trying to get that titanic turned around you know and
1: okay what are we doing and then retail same thing
0: yeah yeah
1: we got to sell dvds now and yeah you know and then they're going out of business and and then, as consumers, same thing. We went from, we'll go to the record store. Then, oh, I got iTunes. I'm gonna download it onto my iPod. Yeah. yeah. To that was oh, just I can a little, stream like, it.
0: That was a thumb in the dike. That was yeah. like trying to like, just yeah. come
1: on, guys, buy something. And that yeah. was, I had never had a problem. Oh, I'll go to iTunes and yeah. Get it. And then now with streaming, it's yeah. so convenient. Yeah. I personally, I don't, I don't want to ever download an album ever again. mm Hmm because it's so convenient. I pay my monthly subscription and that's yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Do whatever definitely. I want. I have yeah. playlists and there's so much variety. It doesn't and, fill your phone up. Yeah.
0: You can, if you want to fill your phone up, if you want to go exactly. online yeah. and things like that. And we're living in a pretty awesome time for that. And then the musician somehow gets compensated for it somehow, you know, and, yeah. but like you say, touring is the way to make the money. But I think we're in a nice little spot now where the touring band that makes money touring, will keep on touring because that's what they do. And then we'll facilitate more records, which will then keep on touring. But it might just call out the uh, the people who are sort of not into it or kind of half-assed into it or have that laptop in their basement and want to make a record. It might separate a little bit and maybe allow the cream possibly right. to get up
1: higher. Um, that's a tough tough one to figure out because the technology is so good. Mm that you can be a bedroom composer yeah artist the question is can you make a living at it this is yeah. where touring if you get if you do it right and people want to see you you can make a living at it yeah making a living as just composing and writing and recording and putting it out there unless this it connects with thousands and thousands of people. Mm-hmm. You can't make a living at it. So then it becomes a hobby. Yeah. But on, in terms of being a professional musician or composer or producer, you've got to um, connect with a lot of people. And this is where yeah. sometimes you either have a label that helps you or it's just word of mouth. Yeah. Hey, man, this is great. Check it out. Yeah. And those same uh, gatekeepers and influencers we talked about before, those are the ones that help propel yeah. You know, the the real quality artists that t- you're tipped off by a friend of yours or whoever. Yeah. Versus, oh, this thing came through on my inbox. Who is this? Yeah. And you might check it out as a novelty thing or. And there's a lot of good music out there, but not a, a lot of great. That's true. Like, and the
0: work that comes you know, to getting it to your ears is also pays off a little bit, like, like 20 years ago when someone played. Uh, swerve driver for the first time i heard this band i'm like oh my god this is awesome i felt like this is my band but then now if somebody gave me this music it doesn't seem the weight doesn't seem as important anymore um and i mean the only i guess comparison is if you're a band and you go to europe and they like you because you're from canada already they don't you know what i mean already they like you like they don't want to judge you because you've traveled all this distance to land in their airport and play in their club so much coming back the other way. Like if someone from Europe comes over to Canada and plays Rivoli. I myself would be like, that's great. You guys travel all this distance. But I think, um, the respect of, or the, the, uh, the weight of it, you know, of that amount of work you put into actually getting there or even putting that MP3 in your box. That's, you know, it's a lot of work, mm-hmm. you know? So when you, when you're like, out scouting around, do you, are you out looking for new bands? Like, are you always like, what's your,
1: um, we, we're always open to listening to things. Mm. We're not all, always actively scouting. Mm-hmm. But if something were to come along.
0: So if it just popped, like yeah. it just popped there and then it was like the stars aligned, that this yeah. is. So, but it's good to be in that position
1: because. But again, we rely on an extensive network of friends, yeah. Yeah. associates who tip us off. Hey, so-and-so uh, is looking for management. Oh, cool. Mm-hmm. Or have you ever heard of this young group that's looking for management? A lot of times, it's not even so much looking for management. They're out there doing their thing, and they we find out maybe there isn't a manager. Uh, but if there's a business there, if something's happening, that's when we want to get involved. Yeah. Not just us. Anyone. Yeah, of course. Labels, managers, publishers, promoters if they walk into a show and they're blown away by the, the artist or it's packed. Yeah. That's and crazy. this artist did it on them on their own. Okay. I, there's something going on. I want a piece of this. And that's yeah. how we all are.
0: And that's the modern new yeah. day way of doing it. Right. But like, if
1: you, know, you were to walk in and say, Hey, check out this act, they're looking for management. Okay. I'll listen to it. I'll get, then there's a bunch of checklist items. How's the music? What's the voice like, we, you know, the arrangement, what are they like as people? And then after all that, how are they doing on their own? It's like on their own business. Yes. If no one cares about their music, okay, maybe I like it, but are there going to be millions out there that like it? Yeah. And that's, you don't know. It's It's, it's just so many variables involved, right? Because A lot of times we make records not knowing where, if there's an audience for it it's different than, you know, if we want to launch a a brand new uh, type of flavor of soup. Yeah, so you're gonna do market research you're gonna yeah. have focus groups you're gonna make it make the soup first test it out with hundreds and hundreds of people and if everyone says this is the best soup ever yeah oh you know we're gonna put on the market now <laughs> yeah with music you can't do it it's no like, because everything changes <laughs> on
0: a dime now you know and it, there's
1: so many different tastes people yeah you know, so if you get a hundred people yeah i'm gonna play you this new uh, blue rodeo single yeah. not everyone's gonna like that band you know yeah. they may not be up their alley but you it's hard to do that with art you know it's yeah. you, you got to go find the audience and uh, sometimes you don't know you're a fan of someone until you either hear them or you see them live you know yeah.
0: and that's how you music know? industry has been moved forward for, every single year for years, for years yeah. is that there's this society decides yeah you don't i don't but the masses of people but,
1: you know you decide. you may not even be a fan you might think oh i don't think i like Bruce Springsteen. Till yeah. you go to a show, and you're blown away. Wow, what a performer! Okay, yeah. I'm I'm in now. You yeah,
0: know? yeah, that's all it takes. And you know, yeah, there's a there's a band playing in a basement right now who are going to be the next Green Day, the next Havana, right. the next whatever, the next Our Lady Peace. Yeah, and they don't know it yet. Neither do we. I mean, that's the yeah. same. they're just sitting there waiting. You know, like no. so
1: but things have to align themselves and things have to line up properly for them to be heard. Mm -hmm. So they have to find the right way of recording. So if it's a basement recording, it may not do it justice. Mm -hmm. Now, again, sometimes you can, but okay, you got to find the right recording, the right engineer. It's got to sound good. The right producer, maybe what are the song? What's the arrangements? Okay. The songs are good. Now we got to get it to the right people. They got to, you know and then there's a bunch of layers and steps yeah and all those things to eventually get to us you know yeah.
0: i meet people you know? who are managers or in like people who write songs and some people it's it's interesting to think some people think it's that it's just easy you know if i write good music it's just going to it's going to be popular i'm going to make it like yeah but there's so many steps along the way like there's so much sweat you have to put on a stage before you can actually you know
1: And like that's with anything,
0: and still be humble about it too. At the same time, like you know those people who say I've been doing this for twenty five years, blah blah blah. blah. It's like, well, okay, great. What do you got? Like, what do you got to prove for it? I've been trying to stop saying stuff like that.
1: It's hard when you're dealing with music, Mm -hmm. Um, but a lot of times, to your point earlier about you know I can write songs or whatever, I'm just putting it out. You have to uh, be successful at it. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, for people to buy in like okay yeah uh i'm you know one of the examples i always give is um plumbing i'm, I'm a homeowner mm-hmm. i if i i can install a toilet you know i can yeah. but i don't call myself a plumber yes and i don't walk up to a plumber and go hey i'm a plumber too i yeah, install my yeah, own yeah. Yeah. and a lot of times you get that with musicians yeah. songwriters oh yeah i'm a songwriter oh really how many hits have you had or yeah. how many number one singles well none well mm-hmm. who's covered your songs well nobody the, and they use that term loosely like it's a big it's a broad term yeah. songwriter yeah but i i can see their point well that's what i do um but then you know who's to judge if you're any good at it you know who's to judge yeah. if there's no yeah that's, analytics the there's same. no like yeah. a switch yeah it, like a or a plumber, the the water either flows or it doesn't, yeah. right? And there's <laughs> shitty plumbers out there. <laughs> the but if thing. it works, yeah. Or electrician, okay, yeah, the signal works, you know. Yeah, yeah, So with music, it's it's always it's a tough thing because uh, it's got to somehow it's got to connect with people. You can record. I can, me and you, right now, could record something, mm-hmm. but it may not be, quote unquote, good.
2: Yeah, it might. Well, no one you know, may it's like it. Palatable. To, yeah,
1: to the masses. Yeah, and that's a tough one and um yeah and it's and unfortunate you've...
0: there's always those people like the nirvanas the broken souls that write these great songs but they have paid a price for it oh you know, yeah they paid that price and people see that seeing as being so glamorous but even you know, they sold 10 million records or something it's still they went through a lot of crap yeah. like to get there and so the innovators are the way you know it's the old adage you know you People, you know, the old stories, the innovators aren't the ones that necessarily make money out of it. There's some blues musician in the right. South right now who wrote, you know, exactly. whatever song that yeah. we've heard of Led Zeppelin do, but that's unfortunate, you know, so to capture the essence of what's popular, that's, that's the thing that fascinates me too. Like, so everybody, you know, Teen Spirit came out and everybody was like, I'm going to write that song. I'm going to write it again. And then people in the industry say, go write that song again. I've heard that it's like, we well, it's been written. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you well, know, how do you, you know, and it's bad counsel as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> you know what I mean? So,
1: well, but you found back in, you know, in those times, bands uh or labels sometimes looking for bands that were similar to those. Yeah. Hey, we have our own version of yeah. this type of band.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. Some forty-one SR seventy-one yeah. days. That was yeah, just yeah like exactly. This constant hellish struggle now, for everybody so the question
1: is were that is that because labels did that or all these bands were part of a scene
0: yeah 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 see well there was always the let's get several balls of shit and throw it out the wall yeah. and whatever one stays <laughs> up there the longest will be ours
1: but you know in back in the hair days of the hair bands they but they were all part every city had those those bands yeah yeah so then it's the, the labels who said okay i'm signing this one and the next label i'm signing this one it's
0: kind of like the cash yeah. grab of sorts
1: like, yeah we're keying into so the they were the labels were aware of these trends you know yeah, so then yeah. it became whatever new wave punk yeah grunge every label had their version and of who those can things. get there faster you know oh it's yeah. true and you get to yeah. market sooner right well the sr71
0: yeah. story is i was pretty close to cause I had tour manager some 41 for a couple of years in their first era and um Greg Norrie was on A&M Records with Treble Charger. And their their record, that SR-71 wasn't even called SR-71, but some 41 was signed to an island. So he made this band change it to a number. And then that's why this huge riff started between the two bands. Oh, wow. Because it was sort of like the um, Dave Bendeth. Right. Kind of started the whole thing, you know, and it turned into fistfights, video cameras getting smashed and... Wow! Oh yeah, it got in tour, tour buses with their flat tires and fights in hotels <laughs> and stuff. But this is all started because somebody decided, "Oh, that 741 is gonna do something, and let's do this because we're gonna try to follow that." That's A and R thing stuff. That's A and R stuff. It's kind of creepy and weird. Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. So these days, uh, the majors, at least the three majors in Canada, A and R, is a lot more focused on um pop uh or I wouldn't say pop but more quick return. Yeah. Uh again I'm generalizing. Top 40. Top I'm generalizing 40 is, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. You know, they have they do sign some country acts and yeah. that sort of thing. But
0: yeah, where's country now? Like what's what's happening in that scape of that scope.
1: Well it's uh amongst young people. So Huge. eighteen to thirty four, it's a big oh, yeah. growing growing uh genre that people are discovering that they're able to connect with these a lot of these artists in a way that they can't with the pop stars and yeah for whatever reason it's crazy i mean Um, i I
0: don't want to judge because everything has its reason everything has its you know if if you know um, a country artist can make a living selling music to people I, well, who am i to judge <laughs> but i do find it very interesting and that's one of those things goes back we're talking about society decided that this is awesome right me or you we didn't i didn't decide yeah that. nobody but made collectively
1: that. we all are part of it we all are part and of and i'm yeah. looking at young people in their teens and 20s that listen to just a lot of country music yeah yeah and then you ask them why like Oh, because i like the lyrics i like what they what it mm-hmm. stands for yeah uh, and maybe they're not getting that with rock or But that that's a lack of pop.
0: transparency with the music versus the industry yeah. is that you've made this facade saying we're just i'm just like you yeah I'm gonna write a little song going to have a little bit of this yeah. i'm going to be a little bit crazy i'm not going to be totally yeah. crazy i'm going to be a little bit but that's the way that is the main that's that's entertainment you know what i mean you're making someone you know think you're, they believe yeah. that
1: it's believable uh, but that's the but that's really what an artist wants an ar- every artist wants to connect yeah. with someone yeah they make that connection that's what again i'm not an artist but i know from working with them for 30 years yeah. they just want to move the audience move someone to someone's got to connect with them and, and uh, generally the, the those in particular that write their own songs and their lyrics and their message, mm-hmm. they really want to connect with people. Yeah. Then there's o- other people that are entertainers. And they're singing other people's songs. Yeah. But they're really good at it. Yeah. So they want to connect maybe on a different level. You know, just because you didn't write the song doesn't mean you can't connect with another. That's audience. true. You, that Sinatra, true. Elvis. Yep. They didn't write their own songs. Walk so Off Lynn the, the Dion. Earth. So
0: yeah. Walk Off the Earth is a classic example. They covered people's music. Oh, that yeah, yeah. Well. And they just
1: but somehow people connect, you know. Yeah. So yeah. I'm not as I don't believe you have to be the writer to be connect with an audience. You yeah. just got to do something. Because yeah. I've been to shows where I'm moved by the performance and not necessarily the lyrics or the song, but just whatever this artist is doing. Just giving that's you... cool. Yeah. Yeah. There's something there. Yeah. Well, that's and a then... form
0: of hypnotizing. You're hypnotizing yeah. people
1: to think. And like then you. sometimes it's wow those lyrics or that melody or yeah. whatever it is or the, or the voice yeah. sometimes it's just wow what an amazing voice yeah and it's so. you know how
0: how often does that perfect storm of yeah exactly singer songwriter looks what they're projecting yeah. as, as their message um and, and the it, you know like lyrics are so funky to me because you can say things that don't mean anything but people key into it and go oh like it's Neil Finn is my favorite songwriter. He writes songs about being in a house half the time. You're like, right. everything's an analogy of what house, like the kitchen cupboards and this. And I'm like, okay, I got yeah, like it's the,
1: Sometimes know? it's the metaphors. Yeah. So it's what you mean. And then sometimes it's what you say. It's literal. It's like, okay, I'm saying this, but, or what does he mean by this? Yeah. yeah. That's she, interesting yeah. art too. Cause yeah.
0: even if someone puts a piece of art on the wall, the painter's not going to stand beside it and go, you see that little blue there? Yeah. I meant, this is what, I'm world peace, that's the part where, (laughs) you know what I mean, or that's my uh, my, uh, anti-Trump statement there, or something. But see, that, see, with music, people get their own intention, and I was listening to a Neil Finn uh, interview, and he's like, I like people making up their own stories about the lyrics, and he almost digs that, because the message doesn't need to be completely driven in, you know, and that's, you know.
1: Yeah, and all artists are different, that's why... uh... It's amazing to be in this industry to deal with every artist who's motivated by different things. They, yeah. Different things move them the way they – their definition of success. That's another thing. Oh, yeah. You know, some of them are happy to play in clubs. Some want to play arenas. Some want to play stadiums.
0: Yeah, and the club players don't want to go to the exactly because it will ruin what's considered that's their, not what That's not art. what they do.
1: Yeah. Okay, well, then we're going to focus on what you want. And that's how we guide ourselves again as a management company. Yeah. It's really we're we're there to help the artist be whoever they want to be. Yeah. And uh help them sort of achieve success or their definition of success. That's right. And some you know, of them
0: and it's little plateaus of success. Like you can't well, some people do get shot up like i.e. the Beatles, you know? They right. came from this to megastars literally over a year. But without there was a bunch of work they put into it, but if if John Lennon said, "I just want to play in clubs from now," we'd never probably would ever heard of right. the Beatles. You know, they they
1: knew they didn't know that after they played stadiums, they didn't want to play stadiums.
0: Yeah, that's true. Yeah, they just canceled that. It's <laughs> like of you it. know what, yeah. I'm done. Yeah, we'll just do records yeah. now. But so it's to them,
1: success was hey, being able to create. Yeah, and not have to go out and. Yeah, tour it's it's grinding and if it's, the
0: beatles came out 10 yeah. years later they might be on that be different that yeah. tour with yeah. more pa and more yeah sound you
1: look whereas that. you look at the stones they love touring yeah yeah They're that's just, true There's that's all they do killed at their concerts yeah. you know they, they love just it that's love true playing and yeah. they'll continue to do so yeah
0: and every show they do is yeah. kind of a little bit different they have like so many songs oh and, yeah and how they can do it it's fine it's, i mean i've never been a rolling stones fan i've always been a beatles fan Um, so therefore I can't like the stones. That's, there's a rule. (laughs) There's some sort of line we've drawn in the sand, (laughs) but, um, no, after working a few Rolling Stones concerts down at the Skydome, you're like, Oh my gosh, these guys, you know, they, you see people and they're just hypnotized. And there's this guy, he's literally five feet tall and he can command the world. Yeah, You know, it's, that is powerful stuff, you know? So
1: it's power of music. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And again, connecting with people, he's had a long career, but, Definite uh, the definition of success to Mick Jagger yeah. is different than you know, the sacrifices
0: else. that say Mick Jaggers have oh, to yeah. put into, like, just for just he's not a bloated piece of yeah. shit, like, he works out, he does yoga,
1: he's 70
0: something years old.
1: He's a very smart, he understands yeah. he's an individual, knows the business, yeah, yeah, and yeah, the yeah. stories that I've heard was that he's always was on top of it from yeah. the very beginning, yeah. He's he a, understood it was a freak. business. Yeah, yeah. And, he's, and he wants to keep. Helping yeah, his persona and, is one thing. Like this yeah. is what people may think of me, but yeah, and you behind look at the Keith scenes, Richards
0: who's constantly yeah. trying to kill himself with booze. Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah exactly.
0: That's interesting stuff. Well, uh, hey, so you know, I, I, um, I think we should wrap it up. I, I really appreciate you. Yeah, you, I wasn't sure. Yeah, <laughs> we deviated. <laughs> it started going from off on <laughs> uh, Stones, but uh, <laughs> I, yeah, I really, you know, uh, I love seeing success stories where things started from nothing and went in our have grown and and you're, you're an example of, you know, good ethics, uh, good business sense. And, you know, here you are, you know? Well,
1: yeah, the way we guide ourselves, I said this earlier is, um, you know, integrity is important, honesty, transparency, try to do right by the artist. And if you stick with something long enough, no matter what the profession, you become good enough at it that you can make a living. Yeah. And enjoy it. Uh, and then really, well, again, it's all about what makes, uh, what success means to you. You know, to some people, they moved to LA or they moved to New York or London uh, and they're driven. That was never something I wanted to do. I wanted to have a s- somewhat, you know, s- simple lifestyle. So mm-hmm. I, you know, chose to, I, I grew up in Toronto. That's mm-hmm. why I stayed here. Yeah. Um, And to me, my job is, what i do but it doesn't define who i am yeah and i want to enjoy a life that's full of other things you know yeah, yeah. enjoy my life yeah uh so that means being a, an individual that experiences other things you know art sports you know i just want to be a well-rounded yeah. guy and that balance uh, is important yeah balance to, is important yeah but in terms of you know where we're meeting today is in a a a building that we bought seven years ago, actually this month, uh, next month, Mm -hmm. March, we bought this place that used to be an old convent that we've converted into little production suites and writing rooms. um, Because we always, right from the beginning, we always love to be surrounded by artists. So every day there's music, there's something about the energy you feel being around music and creators. And I love it as a, Guy who sits at a desk most and of the time. And your office
0: is one big office. That's cool oh, yeah. too. There's no and corner office. No, it's, everybody's we all communicate, in we talk, we walk yeah. around. And it's almost like a noise. news like, a, a, ad agency or something. Yeah. You're all like running around. Yeah, and, we yeah.
1: all collaborate. We talk about things. Yeah. Uh, we're, we're listening to music. Hey, what are you listening to? It's like, yeah. you know, that's what we do. It, that keeps it's creative. people together. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. And, yeah and that's important. Yeah. Running a team without actually having to run a team. Yeah, you know. but
1: uh, you know... In, just in this building today, in the background, we hear music because there's an artist yes. rehearsing mm-hmm. that we don't even work with. But I'm just so happy that someone's using our space. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and uh, in our studio today, Justin Azuka is actually in the studio recording. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah so yeah. he's recording a new album. Yeah. So he's with a producer, a guy named uh, Chris Bond, who's in from the, the UK, is mm-hmm. recording. So that to me is amazing. Just the energy. I feel it's inspirational yeah. enough to, yeah, yeah.
0: To say, Oh, this is a good day's yeah. work. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And so, uh, people sort of are, uh, living in this ecosystem we've created here. And yeah. Um, oh, you feel it when you yeah.
0: come in, everybody is, yeah, they're there's all, something going on. There's yeah. something going on. Yeah. And that's, uh, yeah, it's very cool. I mean, it's people can model everything, anything under this stuff. Like people do, I mean like Google and things like that. Exactly. They, they run this open concept where yeah. everybody feeds off each other and, I came from a university where it was like you sit in your office and, you know, yeah, it's very regimented. segmented and yeah. there's a silo theory about we, I'm going to stay in here and I'm not going to tell anybody because I might lose my job if I tell you all my secrets.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it's uh yesterday. There was another band in that chapel. They did a showcase for an agent, a booking agent came up. Yeah. So that was cool. I was like, Oh, I get to sit, watch a band during the day. It was like 11 AM. Yeah. Uh, and the agent was here and then, you know, we sit and we chit chat for a bit. So, Every day there's something different going yeah. on, yeah. and um, uh, again, we're here to help artists. That's really, yeah. It goes back to that. It sounds absolutely a bit cheesy, no.
0: It's, it's but true. It always we, there's got to be a yeah. common thread, yeah. And it's that's like, it. You know, because if
1: they win, we win.
0: Yeah, that's true. And if everybody, you know, and to break down the barriers of that to get there is kind of your job. You're kind of clearing the way. Yeah, you know, allowing the person to be as best as they, they can possibly yeah. be. And that's you, important stuff. You know. you
1: know, we will win. The industry will win. If the artists are able to do what they do, then us satellite people on the, on the yeah. fringes, we're going to, we'll, we'll benefit from that. Absolutely. But we need them to be front and center. Yeah, that's true. And the moment you do something for yourself, it defeats all that. You know? Yeah,
0: yeah. And as an artist working at Swiss Chalet, it can sometimes <laughs> be a troublesome time. you trying to pay oh, rent. Yeah. You're trying to get yeah. your life together.
1: It might breed some good songs,
0: about chicken. yeah, I don't know.
1: <laughs> well, about struggle and working. Yeah, hard. absolutely. Yeah, it's true. You, know, yeah. you 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 learn from all those things. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. Well, thanks, Rob, for doing the well, for doing the show, appreciate and this. Uh, we'll uh, sign off.
1: Okay, thank you.
0: And wouldn't you know it? I, I forgot the hard drive at this recording studio where I'm at with the actual songs, so I'm just gonna play a little bit of guitar. And uh, I want to thank Rob for doing the show. I want to thank everybody for listening to this episode. I'd like to thank uh, the sponsors. I'd like to thank Audible Trial. Go check it out. And uh, go to Amazon. So AppleLog.ca slash Amazon if you're from Canada. And if you're from the United States, go to AppleLog.ca and click on those links on the right side. I don't need to tell you what I'm doing, what you're doing. Um... Every every week we put an episode out. Like I'm really stressed for time right now, and I'm actually, it's just insane what's happening this this, this year. Uh, it's way busier than I've ever been. So uh, I you know I'm that's good. That's good for me, but it's bad for my family, and it's bad for podcast listening because then I forget. Um, files are supposed to have the last song, the uh, the outro song. So I made one up. This is it. Um. Yeah. Okay. Everybody. Thanks for listening to the show. I'll see you next week. Who's next week, Simon? That's a good question. I don't know because the hard drive's at uh, the studio. But it's going to be somebody awesome. I'm looking forward to whoever it's going to be. And, uh, oh, do I know who it is? Um, It's Eric Weller. Eric Weller used to run a record label based out of Thunder Bay called Meathead Records. He's also a manager of Canada. One of Canada's most amazing hardcore bands, Headcramp um ben i had the pleasure of working with back in the early 90s um anyways see you next week everybody bye